Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. For 40 plus years, Janet Langmeyer has been dedicated spiritual explorer, studying, teaching, and coaching transformational principles, helping people to build their dreams accelerate their results, and create richer, more fulfilling lives. Janet describes her mission as one of empowering everyone who works with her in discovering what gives them more life and help them take the steps in transformation to realize and live a life they truly love. Janet Langmeyer and I have a great conversation about all the things that make entrepreneurship and coaching great. We connect on so many levels. We discuss so many little things that make understanding your mind and thoughts possible and empowering. Well, Janet, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm just so excited to uh, have you on the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here, Robert. Absolutely. So typically, let everybody share just how they got started on their entrepreneurial journey and uh, working out on their own and what they're doing now. <laughs> well, um, I've been doing this work under my own shingle, so to speak, um, for, well, since about 2017, I guess. I've worked in, in the corporate world as a coach and mentor, teacher and trainer most of my career. Nice. So I was doing that kind of work, but it's a whole lot different when you say, come see Janet Langmeyer coach, right? It's just, it's me, <laughs> but um, that's what I do. And I love what I do because it's transformational work and it's body, mind, spirit. It's, it's touching what goes on inside of each person and then, um, tuning in and helping them go where they want to go. Nice. I I love that. I love mind, body, and spirit. I'm very much into a holistic approach as well. And so there's definitely a, a spiritual element. Of course, I have a faith background. So um, you've spent 20 years in ministry and definitely oh, really? bring, bring that to the table as well. Um, so I love, obviously... There's so much about your company, Phoenix Soaring, is is so exciting, right? Seeing a phoenix rise up and, and start again. Well, don't and you love that it's a soaring phoenix, not just rising? I, I do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then, and then you mentioned you call yourself a dream builder and a infinite possibilities trainer. And, and both of those things are very powerful and, and loaded statements as well. <laughs> well, um, I look at it this way. There's a child in all of us that we either listen to or don't. Uh, I spent most of my life not listening to my child because I was a very grown up little girl. So I was an adult, very young, and I had that adult attitude. As an adult, I've learned that my child is a very wise little girl. And those dreams that we have, they're worth listening to. They have a reason for being. And so helping people to not only get back in touch with it, but actually take steps to actualize it in their life, to experience it in their life. Such joy there is, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes, we do have infinite possibilities and I, I, I am a infinite possibilities trainer. I think my favorite work that I do is, is what I call life mastery, mastering life, mm -hmm. living the life that we really choose to be a part of and not being a victim to our life. I lived many decades as a victim and didn't know it, didn't realize that that was a, the state of mind that I was coming from. So my limiting beliefs literally ran my life, right? I, I always said I was the queen of worrying and I, I wore it as a badge of honor. I am really good at worrying. And I realized that I was praying for what I didn't want. And I had confused worrying and love. Mm. I thought, Robert, if I worried about you, that meant I loved you. 
instead of recognizing that it was really bringing me to a place of trying to actualize what I didn't want to have, to worrying and giving energy to things that most of the time didn't happen, right? So changing that whole part of my thinking and being to when worry comes in, because it does, recognizing that I don't have to stay there. There's a different way to think about not only my life, but the people who I love. And I can express love to them without worrying about them every minute of my day. Oh, so powerful. <laughs> it I, changes everyone when we change that attitude. Absolutely. Well, and and as a, as a mother, as a part of a large family, um, the idea of, of worrying as, as love, that's a pretty powerful statement and a pretty powerful uh, a feeling to put on oneself, right? To, <laughs> to feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is, this is my responsibility, right? As a, yes. as a sister, as a daughter, as a, as a mother. It's so true. You know, Robert, the thing of it is, is one of the things I've learned about talking about worry women, we own that one, right? But we do not own it alone. Men oh, are not. big worriers. And often confuse love with worry. They worry about their children. They worry about their work. They worry about their wives. They worry about how they're showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, we find it in a different, it comes out in a different way. But underneath of it is this sense of, if I'm worrying, I'm caring. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we're worry-free, but we are free of the burden of worry. And, and we are connected to that sense of caring. Right. And you can care without being it burdensome. Absolutely. Well, it's it's really that mindset shift that's necessary, right? Of yes. what can I control and what can I not control, right? Letting yeah. my children drive a car is is a challenging and worrying thing, right? Like there's a lot of risk involved. But recognizing that once they've pulled away from the driveway, I I have no influence any longer over what, what's going to happen. And and I have to trust God and I have to trust the universe and I have to trust all the other drivers in the world out there. And I've got to let it go. <laughs> Absolutely true. And you say that and you think about when you're teaching your child to drive. Now, my father taught me to drive a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yes. And he's and he left the planet 28 years ago, 29 years ago, actually. Wow. So 29 years ago, he hasn't been around me. But I will tell you at every stop sign every stop sign in my life if i hesitate even just a breath i hear his voice saying he who hesitates is lost so what we do is we prepare our children for life for driving cars for whatever we prepare the people we love that doesn't mean we carry the worry with us it means we carry the care mm. and i hear him at every stop sign in my life if i ever hesitate i never pull forward i believe he saved me from many an accident. <laughs> yeah, that that's outstanding. But but recognizing that that worrying is not love is is really powerful. It right? is. And, and and how do you help somebody transition to to the idea of where is the power in love, right? What 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 is our responsibility as a parent and what is what is it that we have to let go of as a, you know. <laughs> well, there's a there's a uh, you know First, we have to start with understanding that we all have this in common, mm. right? And so when we when you recognize that you're not the only person operating under this burden, right, under this, this false assumption, that relieves something right there. But one of the things that I teach and share with my clients is that every act is either a call for love or an expression of love, no matter how unskillful. Mm. And that is a life-changing thought. When we start to look at our lives as a, when we see another person who might not be behaving in a way that we would like and recognizing that that person may be trying to express love or call for love in a very unskillful way, you can become loving. You can become compassionate. You might not agree or even like the way that they are behaving or acting in your life. But when you start to see that that's an unskillful way to call for love or to express love, you have compassion for that person and you have patience. And you might not jump to the conclusion of they're doing this to me. They may not really know how else to behave, but if we step into a loving place 
and not, like I said, not necessarily agreeing with the behavior, not necessarily, mm. you know, saying this is okay, not excusing it, but recognizing that no matter who we are, we're, we're really trying to get through life in a way where we can feel or express love. And we're not always very good at it. <laughs> that helps all of us to take a step back. It gives you some, some love to yourself because, hey, I don't know about you, but I've not always been really skillful at calling or expressing love. And I have people in my life who, if I look at it from that perspective, I can have so much more patience, hmm. understanding, and time. Those small shifts in our consciousness and our way of looking at things changes the way we experience our life, hmm. our daily life. I've Absolutely. Had, I've had clients... One of, I think the story I love most, and I have many wonderful ones, but um, I talk about forgiveness a lot in my work. And um, you can't master your life if you're holding things in your heart, right? So if you want to build a dream, if you want to live with infinite possibilities, if you want to master your life, whatever it is, you got to start with this love inside. And that often requires forgiveness. And I had a client, this was a number of years ago, and she's always given me permission to share this story because it was life changing for her. She, we got to talking about forgiveness and she said to me, you don't understand, Janet. I, I have to tell you this story. It's unforgivable. And she went on to share a story with me that was incredibly painful. And it was easy to understand why she wanted to withhold forgiveness, not only for the person, but for herself. And for 10 years, they did not speak. Mm. And that disconnection not only impacted her personally, but her mother and, her, and other people in the family. And so she told me that night in the session, it's not happening. I can forgive everybody in the world, but this woman, I cannot forget. I'm not gonna forgive her, I can't do it. You don't understand what happened. Okay, I said, you know what? Forgiveness is a, is a choice. Loving is a choice. You get to make a decision about how you're gonna live your life. I'm offering opportunity to look at something differently. You get to make the choice. So a week goes by. She comes back to the next week and she can't wait to talk. You could see, you know, cause I was, it was, a, that happened to be a zoom meeting and I could see in her face. She needed to talk and she started to cry hardly before the words came out. And I'm so proud of her because this was something she was never going to do. And she picked up the phone and called a woman she hadn't spoken to in 10 years. And they found peace between them. Mm -hmm. Fast forward three years after this incident where she let all of this go. This woman was having surgery for cancer and she picked up the phone and called my client to ask for prayer, mm. for support. Mm. The healing that happened was so deep and it opened up all this energy that she had pent up in her life. She couldn't put energy into the business she wanted to start because she was holding all this old pain right mm -hmm. and she was like free all of a sudden she was free and it not only freed up all her energy her mother was free the families were freed all of this energy happened she took on an opportunity because she lost her job at the beginning of covid like the worst thing that could happen right i got a text at eight o'clock in the morning do you have time i need to talk i said sure call me she called me and she goes oh, i lost my job and I said, okay, she goes, I don't know what to do. I said, well, what do you think you'd like to do? She goes, I have not wanted to work in this job for so long. I brought this about, didn't I? And I said, yeah. <laughs> she goes, well, I want to do my own business. I said, yeah, I know you do. She goes, you know what? I'm going to see this as a blessing and I'm going to do my own business. Two years ago in COVID, she is number one. Her business is just flourishing. And we just talked last week. In fact, we were talking about this. And I, I said, you know, I tell your story a lot. She goes, use my name, do anything because you changed my life. I said, no, you changed your life. You let go of worry about money. You let go of anger and pain and resentment. You opened up your heart and everything started coming your way. And the fact that you're willing to share this story, you give other people permission to let go of things they think are unforgivable or unthinkable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, she's an amazing story. And I love that. I got to walk part of that path with her. So powerful. It's, it's, powerful. it's interesting when you talk with a 
a small business owner, entrepreneur. I work with entrepreneurs pretty exclusively and, and have that similar conversation that who do you need to forgive? Because, and, and their first reaction is, well, my relationship with them doesn't affect my business. <laughs> and, and, and exactly. It's, it's like, well, first of all, we have a big misunderstanding about forgiveness, I think in our culture, right? We yes. think that's, you know, we're giving them permission, you know, we're excusing their behavior. We're, we're doing all of these things that aren't part of what forgiveness really is and helping my clients see that, you know, this person that hurt you and, and, and it could have been the most evil thing in the world has tied a string around your heart mm -hmm. and they're holding on to that string. And every time you make a decision that impacts that emotion or impacts that, that part of your heart, guess who's making that decision for you. And, and until you cut that string and let that go, and, and it doesn't even necessarily mean they have to call that person and, and, and make that go as far as your client did. Yeah, I didn't ask her to do that. Yeah, she came to that in her own heart. But the but the truth of forgiveness is it's it's in your heart and holding on right. to it saying, I refuse to forgive is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Absolutely. What I talk about is forgiveness is removing the block mm. to your awareness of love's presence. My well, awareness of love's presence? And change and change the story that you tell yourself. Right. About because what love is always present, mm. no matter what the situation. And you know, and then of course everybody comes up with all these, you know, horrific ideas of how you can't. You may not want to, you may not agree, you may not like it, but when you let that go, it opens up everything. And you're right about how it impacts its business because it holds a part of you down. And you're right, there's a string around you. You are putting yourself into something you don't even recognize. But when it happens, and what happened is this happened in a class situation. It wasn't a one-on-one -on -one coaching, it was a class situation. That sharing of that story, my dog is agreeing with us. He, he's that sharing of that story opened up all of the other people in the class. And the level of movement from that small group, I always keep my classes fairly small, um, was amazing. And every single person who was part of that experience had a change in their own hearts. Mm. It was it was amazing because that's what happens when, when you let love in at that level. And that's what drives our life. That's what drives our businesses, our children, everything we do. And it comes from this place of allowing yourself to be in alignment with, I call it the power that breathes me. Mm. Right. Well, and there's so much in that, right? First of all, the client says, you don't understand. My story is <laughs> different, right? You, you just don't understand. I'm, I'm different, right? And the truth is we had to all recognize that, nope, we're all pretty much the same. And it's the same story. It's the same lies. It's the same little voice in your head that's that's telling you these things. And we all are connected to that same exact little voice. Isn't it <laughs> so, so true? I love it when a client says, you don't understand. It's like, oh, hmm, this is going to be a fun conversation. That's right. It's like, hold on. Yeah. We're going on a ride. <laughs> I love that. But I also love how you help people see that it's the people that have hurt you were, were operating at the highest level that they knew how. That's right. And, That's right. and express, I love that you used expressing love. I've never, I've, I haven't shared it that way. I've always talked about, you know, they're operating at the highest frequency that they're capable of. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they just don't know. They just didn't know. Right. And they were trying to do the best job because every one of us is trying to do the best the job best that we can have. with the tools mm -hmm. that we have. Yeah. And so helping people see that and, and just to change the story from I'm a, you know, oh, this terrible thing happened to me to I can own my part and I can say, what did I learn from this? Yeah. How did I grow from this? Yes. How has this changed me to be a better person in, in the future? Right. All of the things that, that I can, I can control. <laughs> for, Absolutely. For and, and let go, right express love towards that other person by saying, I no longer going to allow that event, that little thing to impact me moving forward. I I'm going to be free from it. And, and the energy, like you said, the energy that that releases, that energy that, that that allows and the brain space that that frees up to function and think in new ways is, it's is so, so, so powerful. True. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the Dalai Lama calls people who he goes, there's people in our lives easy to love. Aren't we lucky? Right. We have wonderful people in our lives who are easy to love. And then we have some people in our lives, maybe not so easy to love. He calls those people sacred friends mm. and sacred friends are here to expand your heart. And we talk about, and I talk about in my work, the sacred friends in our life. Some of them are here for a moment. Some of them are here for a day. Some of them are here for a lifetime. Some of them are our family. Some are the people we love the most who are the most challenging to us. If you see them as a sacred friend who's here to open and expand your heart, you value them in a whole different way. Doesn't mean you agree with them all the time. Doesn't mean that you even like what they say sometimes. But when you step back and realize, how did that open my heart to more love, to more understanding of myself? We start to relish and cherish those sacred friends and they don't show up as often or as deep because you start to really let something in that's the truth for you. Mm. Yeah. And I so I love that little lesson from from the Dalai Lama. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrific. And and just recognizing that you can let them in the space, but you don't have to let them in your head. That's right. That's right. And if you see that they have a purpose in your life, in expanding your heart, you stand back and go, and like you said just a minute ago, what was my lesson to learn here? What's mm. this offering to me? Because we don't, that same person doesn't affect everybody the same way. So maybe oh if it's hitting me maybe it's because there's something in me because the person right next to me doesn't even hear it right well they're not their sacred friend they're yours yeah that that for me it's the perpetual curiosity right what what is the lesson in this for me what what is it that i need to hear what is it that i need i need to learn and, and that can be challenging when we want to put it oh, on yeah. a friend right that friend is so irritating and all they ever do is complain and they're just so negative and it's easy to say, well, I'm just going to cut them out of my life versus saying, wait, is there something in this that I can grow from? That's mm -hmm. pretty powerful. Oh, I, I always say for many years, my mother was my sacred friend, <laughs> you know, and I was like, we would have amazing closeness and amazing not so closeness, you know, but probably one of my greatest teachers in my life. And mm -hmm. she passed away a few years ago. And she's still my sacred friend because she's still in my heart. She's still in my head. But now when I say to her, I'll say, you know, mom, I learned that one. <laughs> that one I've got now. Thank you for that lesson. Thank you for showing me that. Thank you for hanging with me long enough until I figured it out and got it myself. Right. <laughs> so when you start to have gratitude for what people bring to you, mm. it changes that also. Right. Mm. So it's it's always uh, I say, you know, what I do is attitudinal healing. <laughs> It's pretty true. It Absolutely. Pretty true. So let's talk about the power of gratitude in healing and, oh, and yeah. growth. Well, you know, once you can say thank you to everything that comes to your life, it changes the vibration of everything that happens in your life. Mm. I've not always wanted to thank the things that came into my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that very few people have wanted to thank everything. <laughs> It's true. But as I learned to cultivate that type of thinking into my life, so few things that I needed to go to that space started to come to me, right? So they, things become easier, things become um, smoother, I think, because life isn't smooth, but you can have smooth in this, right? The ups and downs can be less jagged and less piercing and more of a, oh, this is kind of a fun ride. And then what I do, I call it, you know, when you pivot, I have a, a client who, when we were talking about pivot, we, I always use gratitude as the way to pivot, right? So you've mm -hmm. got something happening that makes you angry. Mm -hmm. And I said, so when that, when that comes and you're feeling anger and you don't want to feel angry, pivot, like change your state, turn your body, like literally spin your body around. If you're in a place where you can do that physically, if you can't do it physically, create an image in your mind. So she created this image of herself in, you know, imagine gone with the wind, the ball gowns, you know, the big gowns where the, where when she spin, she could feel all those petticoats swishing around her. And so she shared that with me. And she said, that's when I pivot. I, I feel all of this dress moving around with me. And I'm like, I like that. I think I'm going to use that. I'm going to share that with other clients. She goes, great. So what she does is 
I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm going to pivot. And when I do, I think of something that I can be grateful for. Mm. Now, when we're really upset, and I, I'm always telling clients this, when you're really upset about something, it's hard to find gratitude because you've got all of this energy going into being upset or angry or whatever. Don't pick something that you're going to get more angry about. Pick something, <laughs> pick something, not that you should be grateful for, but that you can truly feel gratitude. So I take my dog. And the reason I take my dog is she never has any agenda except to love me, right? No matter what I, what kind of situation I show up in, that little dog is happy to see me. So that way, I see my little dog running toward me. I can do a pivot, come out of it. I can be grateful for that small thing. Sometimes we're grateful for the sun shining or the fact that we're breathing. It doesn't matter when you have a thought, no matter how small, of gratitude. If you're willing to change your state, you will. Oh, so good. Yeah. I think... Yeah, so I teach the three B's, right? Your your body, your breathing, and your belief. And and if you can if you can change that, that that's the quickest way to change your state. And so I love the pivot, right? The physically pivot, like get out of your chair, do something, jump up and down, turn around away from the situation, and just take a breath. Like right. Just, whew, take take oh, one, right. take two, take ten if you have to. Right. But while you're taking those breaths. Think of something that you're grateful for. And even if it's, I love the dog one. My dog is my favorite. I used to tell the joke of, you know, understanding unconditional love. You stick your dog and your wife in the trunk of the car and you drive to the park and you open the trunk and you see which one's happy to play at the park with you. <laughs> because the dog is going to be happy to see you no matter what. Your wife is going to be a different story. It's true. <laughs> it's and, you know, perhaps justifiably so. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it but changes the view of love, right? You, yes, right. And choose things that choose things that you truly can connect to that feeling, even for a brief moment, because it doesn't take it only takes a, that very very small moment to shift the energy. You may not have solved the issue. That's not what's important. Right. You know, I had a client get into a car accident at a um, a drive-through, oh. and <laughs> there was a little road rage going on on the part of the other person in the drive-through, and she kind of got caught up in the road rage, and they had this altercation with their cars. Oh. She was in a rental car. <laughs> Wasn't a really good story, right? And she said when she heard the hit, she thought of me. <laughs> And said, what would Janet tell me to do here? She would tell me to pivot. I can't pivot. I just have been hit by a car. And she literally like talked out loud. She said she was sitting in the car talking out loud about how can I pivot? But just the fact that she had that conversation, she started to, sh you know, shift and calm down and deal with the situation. And it got, it, it was, it's a fairly funny story, but you know, it's amazing how when we get upset and we get caught into these things, if you start building these tools, they come to you when you need them most. Mm. And that's part of what life mastery is. That's what dream building is, is that you learn how to live in the moment. It isn't that, oh, I'm going to have a dream and I'm going to live this dream. It's like, yeah, you are. It's called everyday life. Right. Everyday life can be dream fulfilling if you learn how to live those tools and apply them. You know, my mom used to say to me all the time when we were little, the big things in life, we rise to those occasions because they're big and they need you. And so you show up and you're there. It's getting up every day, dealing with the mundane, going through paying bills, being showing up. That's where you really need to have love and gratitude and be able to if you will, she didn't use the word pivot, but pivot into and use those tools because it is the everyday that wears us down if we don't use those tools. Well, and it's really the character development, right? You're you're growing your character to become the person capable of living your dream. Right. So I always say come from it, hmm. right? If you come from the dream, don't, don't go after something. When you go after something, you never attain. It's like it's always out there. It's always something that you're going to be. And what you do when you do that is you're at you're focused on destination as opposed to journey. But if I come from the space as though I already have it, I behave like the person who already lives that way. When I first started coaching under my own shingle, I was a ner I was nervous. I was really nervous. Like, who wants to talk to Janet Langmeyer? I mean, I'm just me. 
And I was, I, and that was my mindset at the time. I'm like, oh my goodness, who, who, who would want to talk to me? So while I held that, I was chasing the idea of being a coach. Mm. And I listened to my teacher and mentor and went, hmm, why don't I just be who I am? And I am the coach. I've been doing this kind of work for years. It isn't like I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I've been, I did a lot of training and all that sort of thing. But I just had to be able to embody that I was capable of doing it with just me. But it's never just me. It's always me and the power that breathes me. Mm. Always. And when I show up that way, I don't have to worry because whatever that person I'm working with needs comes through. Mm. And I don't even always know what that is consciously. But as it's happening, I recognize that to be open and allow that tremendous presence of love to come through people get answers, life moves forward. And it's just a joy because that's mm. what our soul really wants to live anyway. Isn't it joy? <laughs> Absolutely. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, the entrepreneur mindset shift growth characteristics of success by Robert C. Peterson available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at add value, the number two life.com add value to life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoyed the show, please like, and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. And it's so powerful, right? For people that haven't experienced success, they feel like success is a destination, right? Like mm -hmm. they've made it right. That person's made it. They've, they've climbed the mountain. They're on the peak. They're all of these kinds of metaphors that, that we believe about success, but the truly successful people have realized no, it's about the climb. It's about right. the it's about the journey. It's about the path. It's right. never about the destination. There's always new destinations. Yes. You can change yes. the destination all the time. But but the truth is finding joy in the journey, finding yes. joy in the boredom, in the in the mundane tasks of yes. the day. Like, you know, if you're if you don't like your business and you're not enjoying the journey, you need to get on a different bus. It's so true. And that that's a big one. You know, people come to work with us for different reasons, right? They'll start out with, I want to, I want to build a business. I want to quit my job. I want a new relationship, or I want to be in a relationship, or, you know, my health is not doing so well. I want to make more money, whatever the reason is that got them to make that first initial contact. It, to me, it doesn't matter. Right. Cause that's just, that's how the door got opened. You know, I make them welcome. Come on in. I'll listen to what you want to talk about. And we may start there, but that's never the journey because the journey is always internal. And that's just the reason that I showed up today. Do those things get dealt with? Of course they do, but not the way that I'm not, my dog is talking to us again. I'm sorry. He's saving us from the world. She's almost seven pounds. It's, it's but, all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're now in a world where that can be good. Thank you. So the thing of it is, is that, the journey that brought you to the door to have, or the call or the phone or whatever that got you to start the conversation, that's important because that's what got the conversation started. But what we start to do is something so much more powerful. Now, does that mean that they don't find love and have a relationship? No, that does happen. Do they get a business and start a new thing? Yes, that does happen. But does that happen first? Not always. Does that happen in a way that a, a directive coach would be? That, you know, there are people who, who will um, coach and say, okay, Robert, what you need to do is you need to make 10 phone calls. And I want you to check back with me and make sure you've done those 10 phone calls. I don't coach that way. Hmm. Sometimes people do need to make 10 phone, call, 10 phone calls. Uh, if they have to be accountable to me to make those calls, we got a lot more work to do <laughs> that has nothing to do with the phone calls, right? <laughs> It doesn't mean I don't set, you know, some some goals with people occasionally, but most of the time what I do is help them to determine where they want to be, what they want to do. They know people know what to do. They really do. And so the more they have self-confidence that they know what to do, they get bolder in putting out something. Oh, well, you know what I could do? I, well, what could you do? Well, I could. I could make 15 phone calls, but do you want to make 15 phone calls? No, I actually don't want to even make any. <laughs> oh, well, why did you tell me that? Because somebody else told him that 
right? We have to get to a place where they understand what's driving us individually, what we really love. You know, many years ago, I was talked into uh, buying an insurance agency. <laughs> so I, you know, I got my insurance license. I got my securities license. I hired agents to work for me. I hated the insurance business. <laughs> Is it a good business? People need it. There's so many things that we need these types of vehicles for. And, you know, I learned a lot, but it never made my heart sing. If I sat down with someone and helped them to put together a plan for their children, I knew that I was helping them. It did not make my heart sing. When I left there, I didn't feel like I was on top of the world. When somebody tells me that they just healed an ancient hatred and turned it into a present love, my heart sings. Mm. When I hear somebody who thought that they weren't lovable and no longer would ever have a new relationship, send me a text and say, I just met this guy. My heart sings, right? So I, I had I have a client right now who's had a long-standing disconnection is probably the right way to say with her mother to the point where it, it was becoming like really debilitating. When we started talking about forgiveness and love and that kind of thing and seeing that everybody's calling for love, she started to see her mother in a whole other frame of mind. And um, it was just about, it was about a month ago, there was a trip that came up and her mother wanted to take her daughter, not her. And she said, this would have put me into so much anger in the past. And instead I said, I stood there and went, She's capable of having love with my daughter and I love my daughter and I love my mother. I'm going to see this as a gift. And she did. And the whole thing changed. Mm. She said, the best thing I've gotten out of working with you right now is I no longer am angry with my mother for not being able to love me the way I want to love my daughter. I'm letting her be who she is. And I realize she doesn't know how to let it come in. Mm. So maybe I should just keep demonstrating it. Wow. Well, I'm just changing. <laughs> yeah, changing the expectation, right? right letting go, to... letting go of the expectation to receive something in in the way we want to receive it, rather than the way the person sending it is is offering is, it, is presenting right? it. And when Ooh. you can stand back and see that, mm. again, compassion opens up. And what happens is when you let go of that, the same thing with the gal who who forgave the situation. Once you have a new perspective about yourself and the other people around you, and it's a loving place, the energy that opens up, she's now starting to do a part-time business that she wanted to do a long time ago. She didn't have any energy to do that because she was always wanting her mother to do a specific thing to give her the time, because if my mom would take this, then I could do this. <laughs> so when you do that to yourself, if this happens, then I can do this. You've, you've created a handicap that you don't even know you've created. And you don't even know why it's still there until you let go and start to let love in. And when that happens, magically the world opens up and you go, where did all this energy come from? Where did I get all this clarity in your own heart? Yeah. Right. We do that. I start out telling people that they were going, I don't want to coach with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, and we do that. We do that with coworkers. We do that with our, our intimate partners. We do that with who, so many relationships that that are impacted by expectations that we put on yeah. people and, so, and yes. really love is letting go of the expectation it love is. is allowing somebody to love you in the way that they express love and then being willing to receive that love in the way they're they're expressing it even if what you think is that they're not expressing it <laughs> That's the one that you go, well, but you don't understand. (laughs) There it is again. They never, they don't really love me. Well, they don't love you in the way that you want to feel it, right? We have all these conditions around how we're going to accept it. And really those conditions have everything to do with our own subconscious beliefs about what we're worthy of, right? It's like, I can't do this because I'm not worthy. And we don't, we don't even know that, but that starts to come out, right? And the thing, what I love about this work is that you don't start anywhere except in this place of love and acceptance. Mm. And then as you start in that place and the stories just unfold, people start to trust their own self love, their own Mm. brilliance, their own genius. And they hear their own stories because you give them permission and safety to do that. Mm. Right. And when you give people permission to be as much as they want to be, 
and they keep doing it week after week, month after month. Now, I, I should say, I don't work with people very often for less than six months at a time. Me neither. And because, well, I used to work with people for three months and occasionally I'll do that, but not very often. Because what I've learned is that they're just starting to get it. <laughs> and if you if you don't work long enough together, it doesn't become a new habit. It doesn't become a new way of thinking. The tools are not, I can grab for it. The pivot tool doesn't take, it doesn't happen right away. When it happens is when they call me up or I get a text that said, you'd be so proud of my pivoting. Or I've gotten a text that said, I pivoted so much today, I'm dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then, you know, it's starting to be, I reach for this tool. You know, that's just one tool, but it's one of my favorite ones because it stops you in the moment. Right? Absolutely. It gives you an opportunity to change states right now in the moment. That doesn't start out right away. You think of it later. Remember that old commercial? I could have had a V8. Yep. Right. And the, the, the clients are old enough to remember that. I'll say, you know, at first, it isn't going to occur to you. It's going to be an hour later or a day later. You know, I look back and go, I could have had a VA. I could have pivoted. I could have changed my mind. I could have gone for gratitude. And I didn't. Well, that's the beginning of being aware. When you start to bring that down to it happens in the moment, you're starting to change the way you live your life. Absolutely. And that's when people say to me, and I get this all the time, Janet, working with you is life changing. But really that's and truly, all they're, they're, they're changing their life and they're letting me be the coach, right? Just, just the guide. Right. Well, I'm, you know, I always say I'm Phil Jackson to their Michael Jordan. Oh, know? nice. <laughs> I, you know, I love it. Somebody yeah. else talked about there's a Mike. Oh, it's Evan. Evan Carmichael talks about there's Michael Jordan greatness in, in yeah. everyone. Everybody yeah. is Michael Jordan in their life. Love but that. even Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Phil Jackson was a, he was a good basketball player. He wasn't Michael Jordan, but he, nope. he made Michael better. Uh, we you all know? need we all need coaches. That's like, right. A coach and, and the coaches don't have to be excellent at what you do. That's no, the thing that a lot of people get confused about. Tom Brady's a far better quarterback than his quarterback coach. Yeah, right. But the quarterback coach stands on the sideline and sees things to help Tom Brady be better. And that's right. the difference is, is that awareness, that curiosity, helping somebody change their story because as a coach, we listen to their story and then – we can ask them questions and help them reframe their stories, but they have, to do it. they have to do it themselves. Right. They have to take the action and the, you know, the client, and I have really, in all my years of doing this, I've only ever had one client who didn't take action. And she was the client who taught me not to work with people for less than six months. Well, there you go. See, so I, I don't see it as, I see it as a positive because I looked back and said, what could I have done differently to help that client? stick she you know have a longer program work with them longer because there's we're talking about the ideas of a lifetime that are reinforced by everything around us what you and i are shaking our heads and nodding and understanding between each other has taken us a lifetime to learn absolutely right and if you know and i believe you teach best what you most need to learn so i know i'm learning more every day <laughs> through the act of actually teaching what i'm learning you know and so I, I recognize, ooh, I'm in the right place because I need to keep learning this myself. And then it's always interesting when you talk to coaches, we tend to bring into our lives as clients people who, isn't it interesting how we understand them? Because so often they're dealing with things that we understand. It's like there's such divine intervention in the work that I do. Well, you know? and, But it's really the human condition. It is. All of us have been set up by our parents with these beliefs or teachers or, you know, the influencers in our young lives, the child, right? You talked about the child early on and, and that child gets, gets set up at a certain age, we start getting graded, right? So now we're, we've got this performance-based thinking set up. Failing is bad, right? Getting F's in school is bad. So now we set up this idea that failing is bad. And so all of us have had this conditioning set up, by the system that our parents <laughs> were a part of, not that they're victims of it too. That's right. Really. They're only teaching what they learned. Absolutely. And so they're all working with the best tools that they had and nobody's breaking the cycle right. until you get into a coaching situation and you, you start developing your character and you start recognizing how powerful this thing between your ears is and how connected it is to God 
and to everybody else around you that you have this incredible, well, infinite possibilities. Right. That and all those infinite possibilities happen because of this little thing inside of us between our ears that if we free it from the constraints of our stories and our expectations, it does magical, incredible things. Yes, it is magical. You know, I, I, I have a favorite. Um, of, he was writing over 100 years ago. You're probably familiar with Wallace Waddles. But <laughs> my favorite. I love, yes, I love him. He's one of my favorites. And one of his favorite lines is, you know, thinking is the hardest work you'll ever do. That's why so few people do it. <laughs> you know, and I always say to my clients, this is about what are you thinking about? Where's your mind? Where's your, where's the energy that you're using to get through your day? If my thought is on what I can't do and what I'm afraid of, and you know, my biggest opportunity in growth was to shift my consciousness around lack, mm. not lack of things, not lack of love. In fact, that's the one I was never concerned about, but I used to spend a lot of time having a sense of lack of money. Mm. And I would, I would tell myself, Oh, I've got to do this. I don't have this. And I would worry and work and think that there was never enough money. Mm. And so long as I had that attitude that there was never enough money, I was always coming in at just barely enough money, right? Then I stopped as I learned more and started to go, hmm, somehow or other, it always works out. Now, I started learning that back in my late 20s. Somehow or other, it always works out. So I'd still worry, but I'd tell myself this other thing. Somehow or other, it always works out. So what happens? Somehow or other, it always worked out. Then as I did more and more of this work, because I've been studying this stuff for <clears throat> longer than most of us have been on the planet. And I, I started to look at it differently and say, well, if before when I thought there wouldn't be enough and then I always kind of fell short and then I changed my mind to thinking somehow or other, it's always going to work out. And it always did. What if I started to tell myself that I'd never have to worry that everything always will show up when I need it and how I need it, how is not my job. So when I changed that consciousness, everything in my life changed because I stopped worrying about the things that I didn't have to control. I just do what's in front of me. I surrendered that fear because I wasn't worried about love. I always knew that there was plenty of that. So I stopped that. So when I would get scared, I would go out onto my driveway under the Colorado sun, open up my arms and say, I never ask for air. I breathe. And there's always enough air. I don't need all the air that's out here. I only need what my body needs to survive. My body always has enough. There's so much air that I go to sleep and I never worry about whether or not I'm going to have air. I know that I can sleep and the air will be there. When I wake up, the air will be there. So then I would stand up there having this out loud conversation. And then I would change it to the word money. And say, I never have to worry about money. There's plenty of money. It's all around. And I only need what it is that I need to survive in my life. If I want more, it'll come to me. If I want more air, I take a deeper breath, right? And so when I would get scared, I think my neighbors might think I'm a little weird, but I would be out on my driveway and I would have this little exercise until I really got myself to think air and money are the same energy. Mm. Love, money, air, they're all the same. What do I do? I align with this power that breathes me, mm. right? And oh, then good. I stopped worrying about money. And when I stopped worrying about money, I was able to start helping clients to stop worrying about money mm. because it's the one thing that we have. I can accept that I can be loved. Okay. I'll take that one in Janet. Yeah, I get it. I can accept that I could get a better job. I can take that, but money, Janet, we have a whole other conversation here, Robert, you don't understand money is different. And uh, that was probably my last holdout for my own growth is to say, it's all the same. Mm. And our friend Wallace Waddles would tell us that, wouldn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And all yeah. he would tell you is do all you can do each day. Yeah. You do what's in front of you. Right. So I have a, a my youngest brother has never been to any of my classes, never taken any of my coaching. And he was here at Christmas time and we were sitting down and having dinner and we hadn't seen each other for a couple of years. And um, he was telling me about a business project that he's working on. And we were talking about his daughter. She was sitting there talking about college and decisions she was going to make when she gets out of college. And he said to me, and I, I'm still in shock. He goes, Janet, I tell her this. Don't worry about the how. Do the what. The how will show up. And I literally 
I almost dropped off your chair. my fork. I said, have you ever been in my classes? Because that's what I teach verbatim. Focus on the what, the how will show up, mm -hmm. right? And he says to me, and here's the difference between a successful person and a person who's not successful. And I said, what's that? He said, a successful person takes action when the how shows up. So focus on the what, the how shows up, and when it shows up, you take action. And that's not always easy to do because the how doesn't always show up in the way that we think it should. <laughs> Typically not. <laughs> it's almost always going, how does this happen to me? It's it's always going to be that phone call or that thing that, that you're afraid of that's, that's going to be the thing that you asked for the how. Well, it just came and you ignored it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that he was literally speaking my very words. My brother happens to be, this is my youngest brother, happens to be an incredibly successful businessman. And, you know, he has, a, he has a lot of success in his life, but he's sitting there telling me what I teach, not knowing that's what I teach. It doesn't I, happen by accident. It didn't. And what it did for me, he helped me sharing that with me, helped me because I was looking at some decisions coming up for me in my business that I wanted to do, but I was kind of afraid of. Mm. And the week after he left, because he was here for a few days, the week after he left, these things came about for me to, oh, here they are. <laughs> and so I heard him saying to me, a successful person acts on the how when the how shows up. Mm. So I acted on the how and I called him the following week and I said, remember we talked about this? And he said, yeah, I said, well, Here's what came up and here's what came up and here's what came up. And I said, yes, yes, and yes. And he goes, good for you. I said, okay, when I get nervous, can I call you? He said, go back out on your patio and talk to the air. Cause I had shared that story with him. Go on your driveway. He goes, you already I, know the answer. I love it. So for me, it was snowflakes. We've had so much snow this last, I mean, every week. And I was looking outside and just recognizing that every one of those snowflakes is unique. And then, and then how many of them could I count? Like blades of blades of grass and leaves on a tree, they're 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 unique too, but they kind of all look the same. But these snowflakes, every single snowflake is different, and they're falling by the billions. And and so that was my my tapping into abundance recently was. I love that. Amazing. You can feel them when they touch your face. Oh, and 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 because it was so cold these last two snowstorms, it was below well below freezing and. The snowflakes stayed in their crystalline. So you could actually go outside and look at, you could yeah. see the crystals, you could see the shapes and, and just everyone so unique and so different. And and that's us. We're we're so unique and so different. And and we're connected to the greatest designer in the world who wants the very best for us. And I think that's another shift clients have to make is the idea that not only is abundance available, but God has created me to experience it. It's our true state. Whew. You know, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, right? Amen. I'm not, I'm not a scripture person. <laughs> and, um, but there are some pieces we've learned over the years and I'm like, but there's, there's truth here. Yeah. And I, I, I remember saying to, um, and I say this to clients all the time, but I remember saying this growing up, I, I grew up um, going to parochial school and arguing with priests and nuns. And I would say to them, God isn't like that. Because they said to me, my, the people who lived across the road from us who were Methodists couldn't go to heaven. And I said, God isn't like that. And I wouldn't believe it. And I never believed it. And I still don't believe it because it, that's like a limiting. There is no such thing as a limiting divinity. You know, <laughs> this, this infinite intelligence that we are connected to is not limiting. We limit. And so I knew this at a little bitty, tiny, young age. Good for you. And I, I never... I never ever could hear anything that would limit. But what I would say, and I still say this, we were taught truth in these stories. They're not stories for us to go, isn't that a sweet story? And here's the exception to the rule. This is truth. This is life. We were here to, we're here to have joy, love, abundance. And when we don't have that, it's because we don't believe it. It's not because God doesn't want it for us. It isn't because there's some rule out here that you're less than. It is us closing the door. You can't make welcome something with the door closed. You know, you have to open it up and make welcome in your life. 
So when it's knocking and it knocks on your door every day, all the time, when it's knocking, open the door and make it welcome. Mm. Learn how to make room in your living room. Because if someone came to your home with this kind of wonderful joy, love, abundance, all the things we wish for that are present, and the only reason we don't feel them is we close the doors, well, then open a window if the door's too hard because it'll come in some way. It's just waiting for you to say yes. And it sounds simple, but pretty sure that's what Jesus simple. said. Didn't I'm standing, know? I'm standing at the door and knocking. Yeah, right. But I I loved it because in the beginning you mentioned that childlike state and tapping into that childlike, and and that's what Jesus said too. He said, Let the little children come to me for the kingdom of heaven is made for such as these. And and people, I don't know, people construe it in certain ways, but for me it's the it's the innocence and the imagination and the lack of limitation, the lack of expectation, all of these things about children that are tapped into their, their full creative state. Everything is possible for a child, right? right? Unlimited possibilities. Children embody what we need to tap back into, mm -hmm. right? And letting, yeah. go of, letting go of all that limitation and believing in possibility, believing Absolutely. that I'm worthy of any possibility and that you were made worthy you came worthy mm. you don't have to earn worthy built, you are yeah built yes. worthy you were created worthy created connected that's so, right so i have so this powerful. amazing picture of one of my younger granddaughters she was probably about not quite two maybe 18 months to two somewhere in that area and they um they had this bubble machine now you know how all of us i don't care what age you are when there's bubbles all of a sudden, right, magic is happening. And they have, my, my son took a picture of her and the bubbles are doing this and she's doing this, looking up at the bubbles with her mouth wide open and her eyes wide open and the joy and the wonder, it's captured in this moment. And so I asked my son and daughter-in-law, can I use this picture of my granddaughter for some of my work? And they gave me permission. Mm -hmm. And whenever I use it for whatever I'm using it for, people, it, it touches that part of us that remembers wonder. Mm -hmm. that remembers joy, that knows it's an eight in us. And we see it and we go, oh, right? We just can't help ourselves. And so I, I, I was not good at this in the past. So up until now, that was not one of my gifts. But going forward, I embrace that. And I love having images that help me to embrace it because I'm giving other people permission to. This was a very serious young girl who I was. My grandchildren have taught me to be that wonder, that joyful, that open, because I always wanted to, but we were taught very young to be responsible and adult-like and take care of things. And I'm the oldest of a big family. So that felt like the way to go. I'm still the oldest of a big family. And um, last fall, we celebrated a, a big birthday for me and my brothers, many of my brothers and sisters came and we celebrated together. And one of my sisters told me a great story. She had this secret dream. So I called her on her birthday and she told me this. We all have secret dreams, right? So she tells me, she said, I've got to tell you about this secret dream I had. I said, okay. I always wanted a poodle skirt. Okay. She goes, but I could never tell myself I could have a poodle skirt because it seems so silly. What would I ever do with a pearl? Listen to the way we talk to ourselves, right? right. So she goes to a, a garage sale with one of my other sisters. The two of them are there and here's this poodle skirt at this garage sale last summer and she wants to buy it and she's going well I, you know what would i ever do with a poodle skirt now she secretly has wanted one her whole life the other sister says it's three dollars buy the skirt <laughs> she could it isn't about the money we always think it's about the money it wasn't the money three dollars come on she can do this well the three dollars bought her the poodle skirt the top the cat glasses, the bandana, and saddle shoes for $3. So she she gave herself her dream, right? She gave, she listened to the little story inside. She heard the voice, she bought it. That was in the summer. She didn't know we were going to have a lip sync battle at my birthday party. <laughs> she says to her, our other sister, let's do this. They're going to have trophies. We need to win it, but I want to wear my poodle skirt. So she tells me this on her birthday, which is two months after mine. And she says, the other secret story, the other secret dream I had, I want, always wanted to be a backup singer and dancer. 
So at my birthday party, she wore her pool skirt and she was a backup singer and dancer and they won the prize. They did itsy bitsy, teeny weeny, yellow polka dot bikini. We fell down laughing and she realized a lifelong dream. Yes, we laugh, but those are the dreams we hold in our hearts. And they're just as important as, you know, discovering the cure for cancer. Because where does that come from? The joy in our heart, man. Mm. Right? Play, so I love that she shared that with me. <laughs> play, play and fun gets gets lost somewhere yeah, in is. the seriousness of adulthood. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to tap into if we just let go of the expectation. And look at that. I can't buy that three dollars it's never about money it's about uh, what you think it's about never money. even if it's even if it's a ten thousand dollar program a twenty thousand dollar program and you say i can't afford it it's not about the money no it's never about the money yeah we think it is it's it, it's the story that's the behind money. it right the money's, the money's oh. always an excuse it's it's part of that you don't understand janet that's right that's absolutely true robert are you going to come to my live in-person workshop next month I I'd love to <laughs> April 2nd. I want you there. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah. So I can guarantee you'll hear the poodle skirt story. <laughs> all right. So Janet, what's, what's the big dream? I'm living it. I love that. I, 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 I'm living my dream. People ask me this all the time. I do what I love. I absolutely love what I do. Um, I I've learned to take time for myself you know, like I don't have, I used to have a yeah, work, 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 work. I was a workaholic. Um, that's not who I am anymore. Do I work? Yeah, I do. I also play. I take time and I do things that I love, but this is, this is living a life that I love. And I don't have to, uh, if other things come up that I want to do, I do them now that COVID's over and I can teach. Oh, I love to teach live. I love to teach live. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. But, you know, I, I worked in online education for decades before, like early when it first came on, I was in online education. So working in Zoom and those environments, I was comfortable with that long before other people were. So I've been doing that. So COVID really didn't impact me nice. because that was so I was already working on the phone or working in Zoom a lot. So what I'm looking for is alive. Face-to-face -face because the things that the energy that happens in a live room is, you know, yes, cool. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's indescribable. It's so much fun. All right. You spent an hour with a young entrepreneur and now you want to leave him with Janet's words of wisdom. What would you share? My words of wisdom? Hmm. Probably my favorite thing. It's sitting back here behind me. This little quote. <clears throat> it's from Thoreau. Uh, it's my favorite quote of all time. You know, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, mm -hmm. endeavoring to live the life that you would imagine, and you will meet with the success unexpected in common hours. Unfortunately, they forget from the original text, it is go confidently in the direction of your dreams. It is endeavor, but it says in his original unabridged text, and you will cross an invisible boundary. Mm -hmm and meet with the success unexpected in common hours. Why? Because things come together to support you. Things that didn't, that weren't going to happen will happen. And all of that is in the original unabridged text. So I've been carrying that around as my favorite quote for many, many, many years, decades actually. And 27 years ago, my son-in-law gave me that card. It's right. been on every desk of every office I've ever worked in. And when I teach, I talk about it because it's a code for life mm. to go confidently in the direction of our dreams, live our life confidently, do the best you can. He doesn't say, he says, endeavor. He does. That's try, right? Give it your best. Right. And what will happen when you do that, when you come from that place of confidence and you come from that place of endeavoring, you will meet with the success unexpected in common hours because common hour thinking is everybody else's idea of your success, you know, and uncommon thinking, brave thinking is our way of thinking about ourselves. So that's, those are the words of wisdom that drive me and that I would share with others. Love that. Crossing that invisible barrier, I, I call that the place where you're no longer hireable. That's right. That's right. Isn't that true? It's so true. So why so many of my clients are people leaving the corporate world, wanting to work for themselves. I, I, I have like two groups. I have the people who want to leave and do their own thing. And then I have the people who are in it and looking at the next chapter of their life. Mm. Right. It's both about leaving the corporate world and living your life. But yeah. Once you cross that invisible barrier, there's no going back. You are unhireable <laughs> because you it's know true. too much. 
It's so true. And it's so much more fun, Robert. Uh, absolutely. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time today. What a great conversation. And I just look forward to all the ways that we can continue helping each other and adding value to each other. Thank you. I'm thrilled that we had this time together. And uh, thank you for asking me and for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com. In our next episode, Colleen Biggs and I connect on many levels. We discuss knowing yourself and the value that you bring to the world. She gives great advice for knowing your worth, which is the first step for pricing your offerings. Price is an energy exchange the connection to God through prayer, and the power of showing up with the intention to get what you want.